You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Hey, hey, we're Monkeying Around, a podcast about the monkeys. I'm Veronica Daschle. I'm Elaine Swetman. And I'm Charles Kelso. And we're too busy monkeying around to put anybody down. Welcome to Monkeying Around. This week we are talking about the monkeys episode, Monkeys vs. Machine. We actually recorded this like a month and a half ago. Yeah. Um, we had some special episodes come up in yeah. between. Very exciting people. Hope you already listened to them. Yeah. And then we got tied up with the holidays, so we took a little bit of time off. We actually got together and had a little get-together, and we were going to record something, but we were having a good time drinking and eating and didn't record anything. Nope. So. <laughs> So it goes. Yep. So this will be our next episode. Monkey yeah. versus Machine. We had a little bit of audio struggles in this one, so apologies yeah. for that in advance. Yeah. For some reason, the microphone didn't pick up our microphones. It picked up from the computer instead, and we didn't realize it. Yeah. And so we, we it's listenable, but we, we don't sound uh, quite like we usually sound on here. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. All right, we're going to take a quick break to promote our fellow ESO Network podcast show. And when we come back, we will be discussing the Monkeys episode, Monkey vs. Machine. So stay right there. Welcome to Earth Station Trek, a show that talks about Star Trek, from the early days on NBC to the future on Paramount Plus and everywhere in between. We cover topics like Star Trek versus reality. Did the board get better or worse? Finding the good in bad episodes. Pop culture in Trek. Star Trek pets. Vulcan romance. Religion in Trek. Umox for fun and pleasure. Kirk versus Picard. And why Cisco is better. Plus reviews of all the latest episodes. Check us out on your favorite podcast platform or the ESO Network. This week we are talking about the monkeys episode, Monkey versus Machine. Woohoo! Yeah. What do you guys think? I like it. I like it too. There was a lot less machine than I thought there was going to be, but I guess the the one guy was the representation of the machine. Yeah, I mean the whole thing had kind of the vibe of the the machine guided uh, decision making versus the human touch. I think. Yeah. So yeah, you only get like the like the actual monkeys versus the machine in like the first five minutes of the episode, but I think the the machine's presence is felt through the whole the whole rest of it. Yes. To preclude the variable factor inherent in the human equation, we have instituted this new electronic personnel procedure requiring your name, please. And there are some elements of this for, for being made in 1966. There's some elements of it that I think hold up really well. Mm-hmm. Um, particularly, I mean, the, the first thing that I guess that struck me was the interview process, <laughs> because I mean, it, that's that's sort of happened in our lifetimes as it's gone from, you know, paper interviews and in our paper applications and in-person interviews to a lot of like computers uh, fielding applicants. Yep. You know, I know that, I mean, when I first started working, it was in the mid nineties. So it was all on paper and going in and shaking a guy's hand and wearing a tie and trying to impress him, you know, but, but your face in their mind. Right. Yep. But over the last 10 years, I've, I've been a hiring manager in my, at my current job over that period. And in, in our industry, we've gone from, 10 years ago, it was all still paper applications and bringing the guy in for the interview and which guy's wearing a tie and that kind of thing <laughs> to a lot of computer fielded applicants and more and more and more. And I know you experienced that uh, over the last couple of years, you've been doing a lot of job hunting, Veronica. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, answer these 300 questions, <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. instead having... of just your name, address and phone number. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
Yeah, and having the right um, skills listed on there and making sure that you list the skills that you obviously that you have don't really lie on it, but the skills that are listed in the job posting, because there's things that you don't even think about. And there was a whole other podcast um, that was like um, talking about, there's like three episodes of this one podcast that I'm not remembering the name of um, that was talking about the, how machines scan your application and what you need to do and Mm. how the whole process works. It was, it was pretty fascinating, but yeah, there was marked differences in responses after I, made some changes after listening to that podcast episode. (laughs) Well, I know that I've had to justify candidates that I was trying to hire because the computer said that they weren't the best fit. Application rejected. (laughs) Yeah. And I've had to justify that to higher up saying like, well, yeah, but I met him and I think he is a good fit, you know, or he or she, but in that case it happened to be, uh, well, I'm thinking it might have to be a he, but I mean, that's, that's something that we've seen in our lifetime actually happening. And now it's a like a satirical comedic version on the monkeys, but that that was the first thing that jumped out at me was like this isn't that far off, <laughs> you know. Well, and that's something because um, I watched the Blu-ray and there were two commentaries, one with Bob right. Rafelson and one with Peter Tork, and that was something Bob had said that it was like this was kind of wild back when they filmed it, but he goes, but nowadays the computers everywhere you walk around them with your hand. Mm-hmm. There's all these privacy oh, yeah. concerns. He's like, it's not too far off. We mm-hmm. kind of went that direction. So he yeah. he was aware of what they were doing <laughs> back then. Yeah, it's something in our day-to-day lives, even when it's not dealing with a job. But like, I know, Veronica, like, there's been times when we're laying in bed and I'm flipping through YouTube and I'll say, oh, I kind of want to watch that, but I'm not going to because YouTube will think it's my new favorite thing and my feed's <laughs> going to be full of it because right. I clicked on it one time. Yep. You know, I mean, j- just today, like the other day I shared a meme on Facebook about something unrelated. It just happened to be the meme, happened to be the sort of text that I was looking for. But there was a an ad for this cartoon that I've never seen before in my YouTube uh, feed. And I was like, that's the same cartoon from that meme. And I sh- I brought the meme back up and showed it to you. This is just like an hour ago. And I was like, yeah. I've never even heard of this cartoon, but are they tracking the memes now? You know, oh, like- I think they track much more than we may be aware of. <laughs> so it's, it's yeah. yeah. So yes. on that on that front, I think that the episode's still pretty topical. It still holds up really well in that respect. And it's, I mean, the the humans versus the machines was uh, the fear of machines taking over was pretty prevalent in that period, from the Twilight Zone to Star Trek, and there was a lot of evil computers, you know. Right. But uh, but I think that element of it actually holds up uh, really well. Yeah, the the thing that jumped out more to me is when he was talking about how well what happens. When a kid doesn't want to play with a toy or they break the toy, you go out and buy a new one. So mm. we make toys that break easily. And this is what the machines figured out to do. And because yeah. back in the 60s, they still were, for the most part, making things to last, which is why there's still so much from the 60s that exists. Mm-hmm. And why you don't see as quite as much stuff uh, surviving as you get on later in the years. Like I just had to replace my cell phone because I was approaching my three-year mark with my cell phone and it had lasted for over two years and that's impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something that, because we're big sort of mid-century enthusiasts, but they actually talked about planned obsolescence in this episode. Planned obsolescence, Guggins, designed a triple R sale. And that's right. something that comes up a lot in sort of mid-century, because that was that period where planned obsolescence started coming in, where they don't want to make a TV that's going to last you for 50 years. 
you know, because they want you to buy another TV in, in 10 years. And so I think mean, we've, we've joked before, like I still have my grandmother's television set that I grew up watching at every grandma, my grandmother's house and it still works great. Right. Uh, but our, our flat screen that hangs on the bedroom wall does not work great. And we're always <laughs> having to fight with it. You know what I mean? B- because they're, they don't design it to, to last for 10 years. Yeah. You know? they specifically just, I'm pretty sure there's a timer in all electronics. It's like <laughs> it's at this time. All right. Yeah. We're done. Well, they don't, they don't plan on you passing your TV or your laptop or your phone down to your grandkids. No. Whereas you might get your granddad's watch, you know, and, and, and pass that to your own grandkids. And may, maybe it takes some repairs to work or maybe it doesn't, but a lot of that stuff, like, you know, like a, like a, even like a refrigerator from the seventies would still be cranking today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it'll outlast you. <laughs> yeah. Like that. My dad has a, one of those big console TV that sits on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I think it finally quit working a few years ago, but I think that was one he got from it. Like, I have no idea how old that thing is. It's really old, but it just finally, I think the picture just finally was like, no, we're done. And so now a flat screen TV sits on top of it. It is the TV (laughs) stand. So (laughs) best great use. Yes. (laughs) I noticed that at your dad's house. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. My, my oldest son used to play video games on that console TV before the flat screen up on top of it. Yeah, like the, the, t- the my grandmother's TV that I have in my bedroom, I used to play Atari on when I was a kid. Yeah. And um, I used to watch like shows on tape. And so it's, it's fun to still have it. But I mean, we're kind of straight from the point a little bit. But I think the point really is that um, a, a lot of things in this episode really do hold up. A lot of the themes that are going on in this episode do hold up. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some things that I think uh, that, didn't, that didn't quite work in the episode. One thing in particular, like the, they sort of build the whole thing around you know, these, this old man toy maker. And like the computer is designing toys to replace his toys and there's no joy in them. But I, I, I didn't think his toy was very good. No. You see, sir, it can assume any shape. Now it's a spiral and, and now a curve. You can turn it into anything but money, eh, Harper? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I didn't think it was very good either. Look, it bends. And, and it shows like three different shapes. Like, wow. <laughs> and, and then ultimately it's just a boomerang. Right. Yeah. That apparently has not been invented yet. I thought yeah. I think it had by then, but it's sort of like I'm, okay, I'm it's certain a they were. Yeah, I'm certain that boomerangs were invented. I'm not sure when they became popular. I know that I had one when I was a kid that didn't mm-hmm. work particularly well because you have to throw them a very particular way to get them to work. Like you don't you can't just right. lob it out the window and it flies back in the window. No. <laughs> That's not how boomerangs work. Mine mine never returned. It never it would just go land in the grass somewhere and I right. had to go chase it. Make my sister go get it. <laughs> but maybe that was that maybe that was his invention was the boomerang that actually works. Um, but I thought that it would have been like the, the story would have been stronger or could have been stronger if maybe he was making like very detailed hand painted doll mm-hmm. houses that are not cost effective to mass produce. Right. You know what I mean? But there's the the human touch in it, whereas the computer is designing sort of inferior, cheap, flimsy ones that are quick to produce. I think that might have been a better metaphor than, I mean, the computer's toys seemed fine, except for that, that oh, was it a train track that didn't go together quite right? Yeah, there was that, like the, the, the. And the, the, um, the blackbirds baked in the pie. It worked. It was Davy blew it up. Or Mickey, that was Mickey. Blew it up. Right, yeah. but it was, it little... was, it was really weird. Like it was a jack in the box, but. Yeah, yeah. Bad jack in the box because it pops out, but it's not startling. So it's not any fun. 
No. Well, <laughs> did, did you notice um, there was like the shelf of toys behind them that one of them was like the, oh, I wrote it down because I'm going to forget what it was called. It was the um, see and say, like mm. where you, yeah. you, you, and you pull the string and it spins and it says, that's an actual real toy. I had mm-hmm. one of those when I was a kid and I was like, yeah. I know that toy. That, yeah. that. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. It had like a actual, it wasn't just a made up toy for right. the folks of the show. I thought that was. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm sure there was a lot of just off the store, like the ones in the background in particular yeah. that are like a line yeah. the walls and stuff. I'm sure they just went to a toy store and got a bunch of toys. <laughs> uh, that's what I would do. You're going to custom design all these toys. But um, yeah, I thought that that element of the story could have been stronger um, because I didn't, I didn't really see a case made that, the computer's toys were inferior to what this guy was producing. Mm-mm. Just that they say that they're not produced with love. Well, okay. But I would like to have seen something better. <laughs> I, I, I don't <laughs> think that this bendy stick was his best work. You know, I don't think we caught him on his best day. No, no, no. Well, and then considering one of the toys, it was like a big um, truck with a like missile sticking off the back of it. That not a love toy that, you know, that's a war toy that they're trying to give to these kids. So yeah, yeah but, uh, that was, Looks you like know. more fun than bendy stick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would like to play that, that looked cool. Eric, like, you can bend it in any direction and make it into anything. I thought it was cool. Okay. When it was just a boomerang, I thought it was boring. Okay. Yes. But I, oh. I like the bendy stick. I would play with that. Okay. I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I mean, uh, on the, on the whole, uh, I, I thought this episode was a lot of fun. You know, I, um, I like that Stan Freeberg is in it. Are you guys yeah. familiar with Stan Freeberg? No. From this episode, probably oh. the most, but. <laughs> He's a great old comedian. I love old comedians. I, I know him primarily from his, um, his comedy album called The History of America, Volume 1. There's a Volume 2 also, but Volume one's the one I'm more familiar with, which used to be on Spotify. And I checked the deck. I was going to listen to it again today, and it wasn't there. But, uh, I mean, he was around. He, he just died a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but he was in Roseanne a couple of times back oh, in the 80s. Okay, okay, okay. At, at that point, he was more of a heavy set guy with long curly hair and glasses. And he made a couple of appearances on Roseanne. He's been in everything, done voice yeah. work. Um, he was on a puppet show in the early 50s called um, Is It My Pal Beanie? I think I got a point out anytime there's a puppet show. Um, but <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he was from like early days, like 1950s days of television to yeah. 2015. He was still still at it so I, yeah. I i wanted to just point out that he was in this and he was great i thought he did a great job as the as the general manager well what did we think of um how the monkeys sort of tackled the, the problems thank you mr watt what's your first name it's not what mr not what what and what is your occupation it is not not what i am computer dj 61 oh you're a dj look i bet you got a great record collection <laughs> Well, I love how Mike went in there to interview the computer and like turn the computer, like flipped everything back on him because right. poor Pete was was Mrs. N- not what oh Miss Nitwit oh you're a woman in your spare no you're a man in your spare time I was like going oh poor Peter he's so confused and then Mike rolled up in there right into his face and it's like my name's Mike what's your name you know just like yeah. turned it all completely around um, and James Frawley did the voice of the computer. Mm, yeah, By the yeah. Way. Um, even though he did not direct this episode, right? That was Bob, Bob Raffleson. It was Bob yeah. Raffleson. Yeah, yeah. And this was his first directing job. He had not. Wow. Directed, yeah, he had not. I think he said he had directed a play, but he had yeah. not directed. 
TV television. and this was before the movies and right. the, you know so yeah this was his first directing job and he was terrified wow. <laughs> but he knew he could not be fired because he was also the producer so he hired himself <laughs> and he was not going to fire himself that's so, right that was, <laughs> that's a good way to start yeah yeah, yeah. so <laughs> I, I love the little interchange with peter and the computer i thought that was really clever and funny and i like that mike went in and logic the computer to death that's the sort of thing that would have happened in a star trek episode like at the end of the episode right. you're an hour in and Kirk or Spock are going to logic the computer to death. But um, I mean, Mike Nesbitt got it handled. I mean, we're not even 10 minutes in. And that computer's yeah. toast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I bet you're a real swinger when you're turned off. Dirty old man. Wait, I am not programmed for these questions. Well, it reminded me of um, a Doctor Who episode, um, but I can't. Um, a second doctor where I think Zoe went somewhere and like was trying to. That's what like, I was thinking. It was like a one of the Zoe and Jamie stories. Yeah, where there was a computer. She was trying to do kind of a similar thing mm, okay. to it. And I can't remember which episode it is. And Matt could tell me, but he's. You know, Alan is probably listening to us and yelling at us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, hey, um, Alan, thanks for letting us know what it is. <laughs> we um, can't hear you, though. No, but that's what that. That's I, I was reminded of that. So yeah, yeah, and that that was a common thing in that time period on TV. You know, the, yeah. the computers were running mad. There was a lot of Twilight Zone episodes about that. A lot of Star Trek with insane computers. You know, Doctor Who touched on that too. You yeah. know, it's a, a, people, I mean, but people were I mean rightly concerned because I mean we're fifty years on now or more than fifty years, and I mean you go to the grocery store and it's computer checkout. You know you. Um, you know, I, I can I can talk to the speaker in my in my next room and tell it things, and it'll, I don't want to say its name because it'll answer, you know, <laughs> and it might be listening to me now and reporting on what I'm saying. But it's really convenient, so I still have it. Because <laughs> all of a sudden, more Doctor Who is going to pop up in your timeline because it's that's right. talking about uh, Doctor Who. <laughs> that's right. Simply Trout and Zoe and Jamie. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Then see that I don't mind seeing it. Yeah. I've joked with Veronica that we should just. Because I, they say it's not listening to me all the time. And so I should just, just when I'm in that room, just talk about something that I would never talk about or search for. I just see how long it takes for that to show up in my feed before I start getting ads for it, you know? As, as, asparagus recipes. Right, something know. like that. <laughs> <laughs> I like asparagus. It's good. Um, but yeah, I thought that, uh, I thought the little challenge that was set up with the computer was, I thought it was cute that, I mean, it's another week in a row where uh, they're having trouble with the rent. You know, Mr. Babbitt doesn't show up this time, but you sort of get it's implied Mr. Babbitt on the phone. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, they're looking for a job at least. And I thought, you know, I've said a couple of times when we're doing these episode reviews, they haven't done anything particularly bandy in the episodes that you might not even realize they're a band if you just stumbled across it. Yeah. But um, I mean, in this one, they don't do anything bandy, but they have their instruments around like Mickey's cleaning his drum kit. And they're talking about the fact that they're a band and you see them in the romps. Uh, at times playing instruments, which is mm-hmm. good. You know, I, I like when they, I like when they do bandy things. I mean, I like when they had to have adventures too, but I like when they're doing bandy things also. Yeah. Mix it together. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a couple of, couple of romps in this one. Yeah. Um, the first one was Saturday's child. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I heard Peter's voice in it for some reason. And I know, cause we went over the, the, um, so their first album and he he did not do any singing on any of them but for some reason i heard peter's voice as in a background singer on saturday's child and i don't know why 
Maybe because he was on screen at the time. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you could hear him. Your mind. So your 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 brain is expecting the monkeys to be there, so you hear the monkeys. Yeah, yeah, could be. But how do we think the romp for Saturday's Child worked out? Well, I like it because it goes with the song. It, mm-hmm. I guess because there's kids in it, and it makes sense. Yeah. Well, it did when I was a kid because when I when I hear Saturday Child, I think of that romp. Okay. Because I've seen this episode. It was one that got played a lot mm. back in the 80s. And so I, that romp I associate with Saturday's Child. Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> However, if you listen to the lyrics, <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's a little awkward. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saturday's Child isn't actually about children. No. But I, um, but I liked, I mean, the fact that it has child in it and the episode is about working at uh, this kids involved in the storyline and it's about a toy store and you have kids running around in the So I thought that all, it wasn't like a left field, like um, last time we did this and it was Clarksville while they're in a haunted house, you know, and it was, <laughs> and it was just random footage of like, you know, old airplanes crashing and things, you yes. know, like th- this felt more thematically part of the episode. Yeah. Where you couldn't yeah. just lift it out and slide it into another episode and it make it, you know what I mean? Like it wouldn't work as well. Right. Yeah. Right. And I like the scene with it with a bunch of kids. It kind of reminds me of like old Sesame Streets and that kind of thing with a bunch of yeah. kids and stuff like running around and just music playing. You know, like it had that kind of feel to it. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Well, and I like that they didn't look uncomfortable. Like the kids didn't look uncomfortable and the guys, it, 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 like it was a natural They were just having that, fun. Yeah. 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 That's what they should be doing. And that's what they're doing. Yeah. So, yeah. And the, the monkeys seem like the type of folks who like a bunch of kids on a beach and hop in my doom buggy. Let's go ride around. And they're yeah. just, they're just big kids themselves, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and they instruct the kids to climb all over Davy and pull him down from the swing. And they're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they probably also enjoyed that when they had to beat up. Um, yes. And Freeburg character with that's the toys. The, that's when what it, I was like, seeing. There was that one girl that was standing there and it was, it was, it was a bunch of boys. And then she was the only girl there and she was just like standing there and then not reacting. And then she got into it. Oh, and that one kid really got into it. fighting him. (laughs) (laughs) Well, speaking of the monkeys being big kids, (laughs) how do we like the monkeys being big kids? (laughs) I feel like Davey played it best. I thought, yeah, I thought Davey and Peter as the, the mom and child were the most convincing. Yeah. Yeah. I could see where a TV character would get suckered by that. It got a little more and more ludicrous after that, that he would not realize that's a grown man with a hat on sideways and that sort of thing. All right, repeat after me. Goo, 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 When I think I wrote, uh, maybe did I write it down or I, I had thought it that um, Peter, when Peter's the first one to come in as a mother, he reminds me of Dana Carvey's church lady for some reason. <laughs> I, I think can it's, see the that. Wig. it's the yeah. wig. And yeah. he said in his commentary, he did not like that. He was not, that was not his favorite bit. He was not comfortable no. dressing up as a woman. He was like, I don't know what that says. That just, eh, it wasn't oh. my thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so that made not everybody like, is. Davy and Mickey keep doing it throughout all the other episodes. They may have enjoyed doing that because they seem to be the two that keep dressing up as women. So Yeah. And, and, you know, and a man dressing as a woman for comedy isn't as, as uh, accepted now as it was then, you know, yeah. uh, so just throwing that out. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but as far as the episode goes, I thought that uh, it was cute having them come in as kids and try to sabotage it. Although you, you feel like maybe Stan Freeberg needs new glasses because <laughs> he can't tell that 
they're grown men and the same individual who just came in in a wig is now coming in in shorts you know what i mean pretending to be a kid he did he did get wise to it though eventually yeah he did but then he started undressing the 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 actual mothers um pulling their dresses off so that was yeah yeah i don't i don't know why he didn't try to pull her hair off and although she may have had a wig on too and that wouldn't have no yeah that would be uh that's potentially awkward also Do we have any trivia for this episode? Um, I'm looking at my notes. You didn't have to catch any ages, did you? Yes, I did. I, I figured you did. I'm curious how young <laughs> the old guys were. Okay, here we go. Dan Freeberg, who played Dagger, he mm-hmm. was 40 years old when they filmed this episode. He was born in 1926 and died in 1915. 1915. I did that the other day. <laughs> Time traveler. <laughs> 2015 at the age of 88. Okay, and that looks about right. He looks about forty. He's yeah, he, uh, about my age. 40, yeah, yeah. Um, then um, Walter Janovich played Pop Harper, the okay. old toy maker. He was fifty three. Okay, he looks a lot older than fifty three to me. Yeah, he looks sixties. Yeah. yeah, he was born in nineteen thirteen and died in nineteen ninety seven at the age of eighty four. Okay, so when that's this is the old man who made the bendy stick, right? Yeah, the bendy stick. Yeah. So, so he was. You said he was fifty three. Yeah. So he was about twelve years older than me. Yeah, yeah. He's he's only a year older than Matt. So yeah, twelve years. I'll be an elderly man. Okay, good to know. With gray hair, hobbling along, making bendy sticks. I guess I could prepare for that. <laughs> and then um, Severn Darden, who played Guggen Junior. The Mm-hmm. CEO or whatever you want to call it, the company. He was 36. Wow. Okay. When they filmed this episode, born in 1929, died in 1995 at the age of 65. Okay. Well, good. Good. Um, there wasn't any like anyone tragically died the next day or anything. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Um. And then the secretary, I looked her up, but I couldn't find anything. Her name was Elaine Fielding. Okay. So I had to look up, but I could not find any really any biographical information on her, but she was in two episodes of the farmer's daughter. So there's another farmer's daughter monkeys connection with that seemed to pop up a lot. Yeah. Maybe when we, when we finish these, we'll do the farmer's daughters episodes or at least some selected (laughs) ones because it looks like a lot of crossover. Yeah. They're on this, like, um, you know, they, they were filming the love monkeys test footage on the farmer's daughter sets and, and Mickey, I know. Oh, I think Mickey too. But I know Davy was on the Farmer's Daughter. Like there's a, mm-hmm. there's a lot of crossover between those casts. Maybe they were like in the next studio or something. I don't I remember. Think I don't they know were. How they, yeah, I don't know how it was laid out at the time, but it seemed like yeah. there was a lot of a lot of crossover there. Yeah, I used to watch Farmer's Daughter because it was on Nick at Night for a while, and so I've mm. seen episodes of it forty years ago. But yeah, yeah, I've seen <laughs> like ones that I had a reason to watch, like if, when the Davy was in it, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, like, it'd be kind of fun just to put an episode on and be like, I know what this in that what's in that drawer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, some some surprises and some what we kind of expected on how yeah. young the old guys were. Yeah. So and there there wasn't any information on any of the kids. I'm 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 hoping all of the children are still alive because that would have been young tragic deaths. I think because none of them were that old. Yeah. If you're yeah. if you're one of those kids and you're listening to this, let us know because we'd love to yeah. talk to you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out. I can tell you um, on the reruns, you know, they swap out songs mm-hmm. um, in the first reruns. Um, they added, you told me. Oh. And then later Saturday, Saturday reruns had listened to the band. 
but I don't know what songs they swapped out. Right. But yeah. Oh yeah. And speaking of romps, they're right at the end where they, they threw in um, Clarksville. No, no. Oh, it wasn't Clarksville. No, no. It was, um, Yes, it was Clarksville. Are you kidding? I just watched it like 10 minutes ago. It was Clarksville. I watched it it twice after I got home to watch the two commentaries. Yes. What was I watching? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because it makes sense. That was two weeks in a row uh, on the show. They played Clarksville, but it was the the hit single at the time. Right. Yeah. You know, that was their their debut single. So they're going to push it. Uh, And I thought it worked fine. I I liked, um, I mean, Clarksville is fine. It didn't really go that much with what was going on in the episode no. but i like the the romp and it was a little bit different where they're seeing themselves in potential jobs like working in a construction site and so forth and everyone had a hard hat except for matt for mike except for matt except for mike mike had his uh, wool hat on which i don't think is probably safe no. but no. um but he had to have his wool hat but i thought that was a nice little clever sort of in the episode you know tag i, I liked that they had some scenes from their um farm romp that we'll see mm. in a future episode yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and i thought that both of the romps really sort of thematically tied in well with the episode mm-hmm. you know they felt right. like a part of it see sometimes the romps feel like a separate piece from the episode to me yeah um but in, in this case i thought they both felt like they were um tied right into it you know yeah uh-uh. it almost it almost feels like they actually filmed this romp on purpose for this episode where I know they didn't always do that. They would just say, we're going to go onto the beach and run. Okay. Right. Why? Well, just run. It's going to be for a later episode somewhere. We'll put it in somewhere, but this one felt like it was on made on purpose just for this yeah. episode. Yeah. yeah. I think they start doing that more later on. Yeah. yeah. Seems. Well, and it's a, a, I mean, if you're on a location and you've got time, yeah, yeah. guys, everybody be silly, you know, and we're going to save that footage and we'll use it. You know, you a lot of maximizing, time and resources that way i think yeah yeah so so it sounds like everybody's pretty positive about this episode again yeah yeah i like it yeah Yeah. i mean how can you not be positive about a monkey yeah i know it's like four weeks in a row we we like this show (laughs) (laughs) good thing too yeah good thing we're we're on the right we're on the right podcast (laughs) (sighs) no well in the commentary with bob rafelson he told this big long story and Matt was listening, and then at the end, Matt goes, oh, I see where he was going with that story, because it was just like he was talking about he and these two or three other guys had gone down to Mexico, and they were going to go exploring, and then things didn't quite work out, and so they, two or three of the guys played music, and so they kind of were a band, and so they were in Acapulco, and they were playing in this club, and just kind of jamming, and this guy said, oh, his 17-year-old daughter really liked him sounding kind of a little familiar here that um, he had a boat that was going to Panama and would they want to come crew on the boat so they could play music? And they were like, Oh, sure. Turned out he was not going to Panama. He was taking the boat out with a bunch of people to try to sell it. Like here's my boat, which one of you want to buy it. And um, there was a, um, a Japanese dentist that was on the boat who had been an Olympian, like jujitsu, something or another. He got drunk was fighting everybody. Bob Rafelson was the big guy, so they said, take him down. He didn't. Anyway, it ended up that the whole impetus of where he got like this idea for a show about a band, and that was back in the 50s. <laughs> wow. And so it wasn't until the Beatles came around in Hard Day's Night that he actually was able to get that idea to go mm. anywhere. You know, that this, sure. this okay. group of guys to play instruments to 
like to be a band, but keep getting into weird situation. So, mm. yeah, I, I that, now that you said that, I was like, this sounds familiar. Why does this sound familiar? Because <laughs> it it could be a monkeys episode. Yeah. So that I, was, I think I've heard that story before too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I had not heard that before. I was like, on. Where is he going with this? I'm missing the whole episode because he's talking about <laughs> trying to take down this Japanese jujitsu master who's drunk and swinging at everybody. Yeah, it was very weird. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, and I mean, I think a lot of people assume that the monkeys was just an opportunity to cash in. Yeah, you know, like a hard day's night was a hit. Let's crank out a copy of a hard day's night for television, and I'm sure from the studio perspective, that's that's why they finally said yeah. yes. Why yeah. right. the fact that you know. Rayfield had these ideas before they now now is my chance you know right um yeah yeah i think that bears repeating yeah any other sort of thoughts or well one other thing apparently though i'll have to go back and look at it but somewhere in one of the ads that they put out when they were looking for people to audition for the monkey there were drug references in it wow kind of maybe on purpose because Maybe that's what they were sort of looking for because right. they were trying to be counterculture without trying to. Yeah. Be. But yeah. he said, you know, like 400 and something people showed up and got in line for auditions that day. And he said there was one guy who got in line who did not, who honestly, when I talked to him, he said he, he did not know why he was there. What was this line for? He had his laundry <laughs> basket and saw a line and got in line with his laundry. And when he finally got inside, he was stoned as anything. And like, I have no idea why I'm here. Why? There was a line. So I joined the line. And it's like to audition for the monkeys. Oh, cool, man. And then that he just got in line because there was a line. And so I guess that's what they were looking for. <laughs> some, yeah. some... And that, was, that was Mike Nesmith? <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was thinking. I was like, the like wow, we like your wool hat. You should hang around. <laughs> No, it was not Mike Nesbitt. No, 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 no. Um, but yeah, I thought that was funny. I'm like, wow, you must have been really high to just, oh, there's a line. I need to do laundry, but I'll go stand in line instead. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, but yeah. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> so Chuck, do you have a you may also like? I do. Because we just recently went and saw a band that we really like and had kind of a little monkeys uh, tie-in while we were there. There's this band called the Explorers Club, and they're very sort of retro. Initially, they were very um, Beach Boys inspired, and they actually also have a Beach Boys cover group they do uh, in addition to. It's uh, called Sail On, I believe. But they do original music under the name the Explorers Club, and it's sort of grown beyond just Beach Boys since they've been doing it over, you know, decade or more that they've been doing this uh, but recently they went on tour again for the first time in like six years and they were coming to atlanta so we wouldn't see them yeah um so we were there and you had a wonder shirt on and i had my um mike nesmith um which one was first it national band was it yeah it was first national band but i was trying to remember which album it was it might have been um magnetic south that I, the t-shirt that i was wearing I, either way <laughs> when we went up to the table to to buy merch and get autographs and so forth and they were commenting on our shirts and he was like um, the the lead guy in the Explorers Club was like, "Hey, my, um, did, have you did you see them?" And I was like, "Yeah, I saw the the first national band, uh, the first national band Redux when they were in Nashville." And he was like, "My friend plays for them or played for them," and I was like, "Oh, really?" And he was like, "Yeah, he played the keyboards." And I was like, "Alex Jules," and he was <laughs> like, "Yeah," he's like, "You know Alex Jules?" Yeah, and then he was um, and he's like, "Yeah, my other friend um, is playing uh, guitar now." Um, for those, and it's uh, Amin Zarukian. 
And I was like, because <laughs> this guy's from Nashville and he's a musician and he knows these guys. And I, it was just really cool. And so we were chit chatting about Mike Nesmith and the monkeys. And like so Veronica had her uh, Wonder t-shirt on. I got complimented first and he was very disappointed that he did not have his Wonder shirt as well. That's not true. Yes, it is. No, it is not. <laughs> yes, it is. I had this conversation with him in the hallway and you didn't believe me that. Oh, still don't I thought you me. said I was disappointed I didn't have my Wonder shirt on. No, no, like, no. That's no. not a true story. You're making that up. Oh, you mean the guy from the band? <laughs> yes. Okay. Go, okay. Go right ahead. I was like, don't, don't, don't tell stories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that, it was a lot of fun and I really enjoy their music. And so I think that people, if you like the monkeys, I think you'll probably also like the Explorers Club and they're a current band. Um, and they still put out things on vinyl which we really love their, their album grand hotel is really good. And then just recently they did one called um, to sing. They did well back in 2020, they did two albums that were new. One was all covers, which are great. And then one was all original stuff, um, which was also really good. And they had a song, for instance, there's a song in there called Ruby that leads off the album. I mean, it's basically Eleanor by the Turtles, but oh. it's very similar. Um, they, they do a lot of stuff that's very reminiscent of 60s stuff and yeah. from various bands that they're inspired by. And they had like they had an album called Wattage that the whole thing is styled like listening to a radio show. And there's people calling and requesting songs and so forth, but it's all their songs. Um, but it's it, it's it, they're a lot of fun. And so I think if you like the monkeys then you'll also like the Explorers Club. And I want to especially mention them because we went and saw them and they're real enthusiastic about my Mike Nesmith shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I have for you. you may also like. OK, so also. So I mean, if you've been listening along, um, you may have noticed that, you know, we're not the world's foremost authority on the monkeys. <laughs> you know, I think we probably say things that are wrong yes. from time to time. Um, Especially me. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we'll have misremembered facts. It, it, my point is that if you've ever been like listening to us and you're like talking back to the speaker saying that's not right or that is right or I disagree, let us know. Yeah. We'd love to, we'd love to have like a little mailbag section where, you know, you people who tweet at us or people who email us, we have an email, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook group, we have a Facebook page. We have a lot of ways to get a hold of us. But we'd love to make people, you know, the people who are listening. Uh, more part of the conversation. We'd love to hear where you're listening from, you know, how long you've been a fan of the monkeys. So what, you know, maybe we, like last week, we all kind of agreed that Pisces was the best monkeys album. Maybe you don't, maybe you, maybe you think changes is the best monkeys album. We'd love to hear that and, and to get, uh, you know, your opinions out there. So Elaine, you're sort of our, our social media maven, you know, you, you sort of <laughs> keep all that. So how yes. can people, if they want to throw their comments in or throw their opinions in, how can they get a hold of us? You can find us on Facebook at Monkeying Around. We also have a Facebook group, a Monkeying Around discussion group. Mm -hmm. Then on Twitter at Monkeying Around, or you can email us at monkeyingaroundpodcast at gmail.com. So it'll probably be a month out when we are able to sort of reach into the mailbag and see if anybody's there. So if we never mentioned this again, I mean, no one reached out, but <laughs> if you, you know, don't leave us hanging. You know, if you, if you love the monkeys and you have an opinion or you have a thought or you have a comment about our show that hopefully is respectful, uh, like send it to us. We'd love to, to read it out on the show and, uh, and find out sort of who's on the other end of this thing, you know? Yeah. Yes. All right. Elaine, where can people find more of you on the internet? My brain's like everywhere I just said. I know. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was I like, just did that. I just did that. <laughs> Uh, everywhere you just said everywhere i just mentioned 
you can find a lane. If you're looking for monkeying around, you found a lane. So <laughs> yes, yes. Fi- find a lane and send her your comments to her. And how about us, Chuck? Fountainerdy.com. And? Earth Station Trek, our podcast about Star Trek. All right. Thanks for monkeying around. Thanks for monkeying around with us. Be sure to like and subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and monkeyingaround.com. Did I do it right that time? Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you did it right every time. It's just the fact that it wasn't time for it yet. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek.